Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name's Aaron. The movie this week is A Life Less Ordinary from 1997, directed by Danny Boyle and written by John Hodge. Not John Hodgman, don't get excited. Starring Cameron Diaz, Ewan McGregor, Holly Hunter, and Delroy Lindo, Dan Hidea, Stanley Tucci, Tony Shalhoub, Ian Holm, and definitely starring Timothy Oliphant. What a dreamboat. Guys, what do you think about Timothy Oliphant? He's such a dream. Mm-hmm. Is his last name <laughs> Oliphant? Is that, supposed, is that like a special way of pronouncing the word elephant? No, don't be ridiculous. Oliphant? He doesn't deserve that kind of criticism. Oh. Making fun of his name. Oh, sorry. What are you, seven? What are you, eight? Mm, maybe. What are you... Six? Oh, see, you thought I was going to go the other way. Anyway, Sarah, <laughs> this was your pick. Yeah. So, why do you like this movie? Um, okay. So, I've been thinking about picking this one for a while because it's a movie I've seen a hundred times. Nice. And I can't even remember how I first saw it. I might have just seen the commercial. I might have seen the video. That Beck put out when this when this album came out for the soundtrack, but I had seen Train Spotting, and I had heard that Danny Boyle did this too, and I wanted to watch it because I really liked you and McGregor, and now it's kind of dated for me. I don't know if it's actually dated, like, in real life for everyone else, but for me, I've seen it so many times that there's a couple of moments that I have kind of memorized, like, beat for beat. And there are a couple of things that come back, like humor, jokes that are brought up again Mm -hmm. in it. But I decided to pick it because it is a black comedy, it's a romance, too, but it's also, like, a fantasy movie. Definitely. Yeah. And um, I just think it's it's different, and I kind of liked it when I saw it when I was younger. It is different. It is, uh, like, uh, uh, the first note I took is that it, we've got a reverse Beetlejuice going on here, and I think I said, I said that out loud. Because we start off in a solid white office full of people all wearing solid white clothes. And this <laughs> is like the representation of the afterlife and the heaven side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, their business. It's a business in heaven. I guess they're kind of like cupids, you know, like members of fate or something like that. 
I definitely think they make the analogy of Cupid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Holly Hunter is the Cupid, and Delroy Lindo is also the Cupid. I love Delroy Lindo. I do, too. Um, this is probably the first thing I ever really got to know him in. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the one of the reasons I like it is because Danny Royal did some cool things cinematically in it. But another reason is because all the actors were so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. These actors are amazing in this movie, Sarah. I'm I'm so thankful you picked this one. Oh, this is, this is a really fun. Like it. This is a really fun watch. <laughs> I had a great time. I feel like it's a little cheesy now, but when I was younger, no, this is not the cheesiest thing we've seen. <laughs> well, I didn't know we were rating on a scale of uh, cheesiness that we've seen. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> not, not necessarily. I mean, this is okay. All right, sure. Uh, okay, it's a little cheesy. I'll it, agree with that. I'll agree with that. Benefits from being a black or dark comedy, black comedy, whatever, whatever you want to use for that terminology. You know, with the the violence and the the language and the you know, the, the storyline being like, you don't really necessarily know the motives yeah. of uh, the two angels in this case. Like, uh, okay. why are they going about this this weird way of trying to get, you know, you and McGregor and Cameron Diaz together? It's like they, they do have a plan, but it seems sinister. Like, I've seen this a couple of times because you like it. And I didn't really get like what was going on with them and th- this time i just uh paid more attention i guess i don't know but it, it's it seems like their their intention was the whole time to to make them in a situation where they would fall in love right yeah they they go about it in such a crazy way it, it, but it, not no like annoyingly like it's so wacky you know that's that's something a movie can step out of doing. I think because Danny Boyle directed it, it had, uh, you know, a guiding hand so that it didn't get too goofy until the very end when it goes into claymation mode. Okay, the claymation mode. (laughs) Claymation part of this is the most embarrassing thing to watch, and I turn it off before that part virtually every time I've seen it. But this time I knew we had to watch it because we were watching the whole thing for the podcast and you guys had to see the whole thing. Yeah. But usually I turn it off before the claymation starts at the end there. All I'm going to say is I appreciate claymation and I enjoyed it. I I, I can see where the rest of the movie doesn't really match up with it. Mm -hmm. I get that. But I think I I just have an appreciation for, for claymation. And I believe the particular studio that, that uh, I don't know the name of it, that did this, did some stuff that I loved as a kid, so. Oh, cool. And it certainly looks like Moonwalker. Yeah. If not California Raisins, you know, <laughs> something in that range. But, you know, I, I guess you could make it seem like any anybody who's done claymation kind of has the same themes going on. But Moonwalker, those people had, like, that disturbing face and that's that's one of the things this has, these, these Ewan McGregor and his... his I don't know what's going on. Claymation <laughs> face. It reminded me of Moon Moonwalker and Meet the California Raisins, the which, California which is one of my favorite uh, clay animated movies. I think oh I've seen my that one. gosh! Oh, it's good. It's good. Somebody was like, "We can do 
these celebrities as clay animated figures. Have you seen the California raisin faces we did? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we I'm saying. Can, we'll do those, but you know, just make like lips for Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> those guys went on to do the brisk iced tea commercials as well. Oh, no, right. I, no, I don't know. Those are terrible. I was just thinking about those today for some reason. I don't like it. That's okay, man. No. I accept it. I accept no, what you just no, said. no. So the premise <laughs> the premise of this movie what was this, 1997? Yep. There's a bunch of raisins. I was uh sixteen and had a crush on Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah. And um Had a crush. <laughs> anyway, um I think he's single, isn't he? No, I don't, mm. don't want to talk about that. I I heard all kinds of stories. Mm, about, tabloid talk. Yeah, yeah, gossip. Gossip about the celebrities. Welcome to tabloid talk. <laughs> Joel. Uh, I didn't know you had a side project going on. I'm going to be listening, talking about the latest celebrity news. Did you hear what, about what? Prince Harry and what's what's the name of the, the celebrity? The, I don't know. That lady from Suits. <laughs> Haven't taken the time to try and memorize her name yet. Well, when you're standing in the grocery line, you got a lot of time to memorize the magazine covers. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, due to your, your occupation, you probably do see tabloid titles a lot. Oh, yeah. When I'm, like, replacing a register and i got to wait for the software to load, there's <laughs> nothing to do but look at the, the things on the side out. Let me tell you, I've almost spent $15 on... Tiny Star Wars Lego kits, just because they're right there, ready for me to oh, grab. Isn't it that the Pokemon ones I saw today at Vons were pretty cool? Oh man! Anyway, what's this movie about? Sorry, it's about Ekans. <laughs> Ekans. <laughs> um, the movie is about. It's set up very quickly for you. I noticed that on this viewing of it, that that everything is set up in a nice little package right in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Basically, these two angels have been trying to ensure eternal love between humans on Earth, and they are kind of acting as cupids. It, all in a very real world way. Like, all... Basically, they use a different... Like you were saying... They use kind of an office or whatever, and people dressed in white. Yeah, it's making fun of itself almost. Oh, yeah. But, definitely. yeah. They're hamming it up in that, yeah. that, uh, that office. Yeah. I think it's great, though. It's great. So, basically, they've been told that all the, all the last um, couples that they tried to make fall in love with each other did not work out and they've been told that they're not allowed to come back to heaven. If the next couple that they try to unite and make fall in love with each other, if the, if it doesn't work, that they're going to be basically like damned to stay on earth instead of coming back. And I personally think that's the motivation behind the whole thing. Like that it's, it's, it is that they have good intentions, but it's also that they have kind of nothing to lose and it's like do or die. 
Well, Delroy Lindo hates it. Like, he's talking about that when he's making his uh, bomb, in quotation marks, in the bed. Holly Hunter doesn't seem that bothered by it. I mean, she's, I mean, she, I don't know, she spends a lot of time rolling around and, and touching herself, you know. <laughs> I think she's a very uh, tactile person in this role. You know, reading the romance novels and, and you know, curling up on the bed or uh, lying on the ground or when she's when she's like talking to Ian Holm about how much it's going to cost to get the daughter back, you know, for some reason she's I don't know if she's trying to be seductive or something like that. But when when he's like, I need you to kill him and they, they go to negotiate that she comes back and she's like starts at the top and feels herself way down <laughs> all the way down like 200 thousand dollars like what what are you doing weirdo she's amazing i think holly hunter's character in this is ridiculous and very funny just because (laughs) like i don't know exactly how she was trying to play it or if they were like do the craziest thing you can think (laughs) to do right now go for what but (laughs) yeah but i mean i wouldn't be surprised if she'd had like some kind of if somebody had told her, you know, like, go to, like, go to the Pepe Le Pew place or something, <laughs> like, Catwoman, like, I don't know, but yep. but I, I don't know what the inspiration was. I just know that she went at it full, full gas, you mm-hmm. know, pedal to the hell. She full gas. Full, fully invested nitro. in this, yeah, Hit that nitro. You gotta catch up with Mad Max. You better be best. You best be pressing that that nitro button. Yeah. So the couple that they're trying to get to love each other is Ewan McGregor, played by Ewan McGregor. Um, <laughs> he's playing a guy, Robert. That, he's playing a guy that was a janitor. Yeah, some type of sanitary. Specialist. He was a janitor with dreams. Yes. Yes. And he just got dumped, and he just got replaced by a robot at his job. And then the angels come pretending to be uh, debt collectors, and they take his house and his car, too, basically, all of his stuff. And then they put him in a situation where they think he's going to act crazy, and he does. He ends up going to the place that he worked yeah, they, and they give him nothing less to, left to lose at that point. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the daughter is in a nothing to lose situation, too, because her father and her have had an argument. She turned down this guy that he wanted her to marry. And so she's found out that she's either going to have to start working for a living or try to figure out a way to get some money from him. And... Basically, what ends up happening is Ewan McGregor kidnaps her, even though she kind of willingly goes, because well, it's kind of like tie me up, tie me down, too. Mm, I yeah. didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, that's a little... Mm. It's, so, it's something scary about tie me up, tie me down to me. I mean, something scary. I mean, uh, what's what's his name? The... 
Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas is a crazy person. In that movie. Yeah, he is. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, Ewan McGregor in this movie is is a bumbling, dream, dreamy goofball who doesn't really know what he's doing. He doesn't doing. have he's, any confidence. He's in just himself. yeah, he's yeah. trying to figure it out. And Cameron Diaz, it turns out to be the one who's pushing him in like uh, these potentially evil ways because she, I mean, she's obviously bored with life or whatever like that. I like the office scene where he comes in with a gun and, you know, the, the security guards keep tackling him <laughs> and keeps getting the gun or, or whatever. But I was thinking of, once again, the fifth element, Ian Holm in, in uh, Zorg's office. Oh, yeah. And there's robots cleaning up after he knocks that, that uh, booze uh, glass on the, the floor. Oh, totally. He's choking on the, the olive or something. It's a cherry. It's a oh, gigantic it's a cherry. Uh, cherry. When he picks it oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yes. So, yeah, basically the premise of the movie is they're trying to ensure that they fall in love with each other. And the actors all do a great job with the writing. I mean, the writing, I don't know. Maybe the writing could have been better. I don't know. I'm going to be able to step back from it because... This is a movie I really loved when I was younger, and it is probably up there for a fantasy movie that's in my top favorites. Sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that they all really had fun doing it, and you can tell that they all really invested in it. Yeah, I feel like there's chemistry in, within the yeah. all of the cast, not just Cameron Diaz and Ewan McGregor. Like everybody, you know, when Stanley Tucci's interacting, he's he's such a jerk. Yeah, and uh, you know, he's he's pretty good at playing that smarmy evil dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, the butler Ian McNice is playing the nice. uh, the repair guy from Doc Martin. No, wait, that's, that's in Doc Martin. <laughs> yeah. and But there's, you know, there is there is another bit major problem with the movie. Mm. We only see that dog once, the Doberman in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Oh. He did more dogs. And we almost got the promise of a dog, but it turned out just to be a Vietnam vet who had mental problems. <laughs> uh, he was clay animated pretty cool. Oh, oh my god. During the movie? What the? Yeah, at the end. <laughs> at the end, yeah. Spoiler, I guess. What would you guys uh, think of uh, Ewan McGregor's style? We'll get back to the story after this. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, he definitely felt like, uh, you know, like 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 Gallagher brother from Oasis, you know? <laughs> yeah. That hairdo was a straight-up Liam Gallagher yeah. hairdo. Yeah. And he, yeah, he definitely looked like he dressed to, he was going to go to a Blur concert or... <laughs> this was my jam. I, I mean, know, I'm I, down with it. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, this was like authentically yeah. what was going on in the 90s. He had airwalks on. They oh, were yeah. the right shade. He had a pair of polyester pants on. I think they were polyester. They looked like the kind that... When I was a teenager, we used to get in the thrift store and stuff. And Talking we, about the brown ones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We called them old man pants because we could get them in the thrift store, and they were basically 70s slacks for men. Ah, uh, yeah. But it was in style to wear polyester pants in the 90s. Oh, yeah. And um, 
anyway, the he was wearing a print shirt that had like all these different wild prints all over it. That was another thing that was really cool in the nineties. People were wearing these like psychedelic like stretch shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, head to toe is a complete nineties look for it, him. Oh yeah. It's a throwback though too. Like I I guess that was what the nineties thing was going on because it, it felt like uh like uh, I don't know the 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 slacks bell bottom at the bottom. It felt like they would have uh, his shirts had the uh, kind of a billowy sleeve at the end, right? It's like they were just unbuttoned. Yeah, but yeah. It, it felt big on it. It felt like mm-hmm. it felt sixties to me. Maybe well, with think, the haircut and stuff. I think part of yeah in the nineties there part there partly was kind of a throwback to that era. Her clothes, too, were pretty 90s. Yeah. She was wearing, like, super form-fitting pants that were not jeans. And, yeah, again, polyester was a big deal. Those are the only kind of pants Cameron Diaz wears. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> Never seen her in any other kind of pants. Aaron? I, I You know, I gotta say, most of the time I think she's wearing dresses. What the? in most movies I've seen? What are you? What what about like what, the mask? There's what about there's something about Mary? <laughs> that's know. that's your only reference. That's that's her first role, I think. And she I think she looks like a different person in that movie than she oh. does there because I don't Fair know. Enough. But uh, yes, anyways, kidnapping, kidnapping gone right, wrong. Oh yeah, there are things that are definitely uncomfortable in the movie. Um in terms of whether or not someone's comfortable, Mm -hmm. him and her and other people in certain parts of the movie. This movie's good. I liked it. I like the energy going on in this movie. It's a pretty fast-paced, you know, from the get-go. Doesn't rest on its laurels like, like you mentioned, Sarah, and I really dug it for that. It was really fun. And, um... I, I, yeah, the kidnapping, this dude doesn't know what he's doing. He he was going in there, I think, just to try to get his job back, you know, whatever means possible. And, you know, it just so happens that, that a gun slides to his hand. And, uh, you know, he's just kind of just trying to take it uh, one step at a time there, you know, and accidentally shoots his boss. I'm sure that wasn't... Uh, also part of the plan. You know? uh, he deserved to get shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anyone deserves to get shot, no, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah, it's, I mean, it all revolves around that uh, bungling, kidnapping, sending. He doesn't know how to send a note. He doesn't know how to make the phone call. She's trying to educate him. When they finally set up for the drop-off, he, he's, you know, they're supposed to leave money in the trunk of a car. And he he goes to open it by himself, and it looks like there's a time bomb in there. Not a time bomb. In fact, there's a nice bag of carrots. So I think that they were looking out for him. That's actually one of my favorite parts in the whole movie, (laughs) is when he opens up the bag to look at the... What he thinks is dynamite or something, and it's a bag of carrots, like (laughs) Bugs Bunny or something. I just that was the connection that I makes made too. me smile because 
you wish things in real life were more like that more yeah. of the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you... And I, I also was a big fan of random humor uh, when I was younger. It's still, every once in a while, it catches me off guard. Um, but when I was younger, the more random something was, the funnier it was to me. And it had, I just didn't see a lot of things that had that kind of joke in them. Yeah, there's that, there's... Well, that um, whole that whole scene is is weird in the sense of like I don't necessarily know what they were what the angels were that's that's a confusing part for the angels like what were they going for like a I guess they were trying to scare him right the well, the carrots in there it's not a bomb and then they open fire on them anyways so I, I yeah mysterious motives. They wanted to scare him, and they wanted him to go back and say that he got away, because that would be something they could bond over. Yeah. Which they do. See, I don't know, in theory, if these two characters, like, on the page make sense together, but I don't really care about that. Yeah. I think that it's fun just because that's what the goal is, and because the actors all really try hard, and there's such a sense of humor about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It just came, the file came out. Dan Hedaya was like, you've got to do this. But he doesn't. Dan Hedaya doesn't get to do anything. He just talks on a phone and talks to them. Yeah. I he like looks him. really official. Sure. He looks official. He's he's one of my favorite. I don't even know if he's a character actor. He always plays the same character, but, you know, like, Clueless, he's great. The first Coen Brothers movie, Blood Simple, he is he's scary in that movie. Mm. Adam's Family, he's amazing in that movie. So it, do, it doesn't have much to do. Uh, Tony Shalhoub doesn't have much to do, but he does give that great like little monologue. Oh yeah, towards the end. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought we were going to get some more dialogue out of him as soon as you see his face. Yeah, uh, mm. at the bar the first time. This is speculation, but there are a couple of places where, just because I've seen it so many times, where I think there could have been other things, like other lines exchanged between characters and stuff. Cutscenes. So I don't know if there are cutscenes from the movie, but there are a couple of moments where there isn't really a full foundation for something that happens. Okay. And it could have been more fleshed out with another scene or something. Yeah, sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Shalhoub was in a scene or two that was cut. Just, I don't know. He is such a fun actor. I love him. I love uh, Stanley Tucci. I love uh, Ian Holm. I love Delroy Lindo. I love Holly Hunter. And this this movie was like a vortex of all things that, like, I liked at that time, and, like, I continued to like afterwards. It was starring Ewan McGregor in a Danny Boyle movie that had a kick-ass soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack. With, like, Beck, R.E.M., Luscious Jackson, um, Sneaker Pimps. I mean, just, like, a bunch of artists at the time that were, like, really huge. The Prodigy? Oh, sorry. Just tons. <laughs> like, that's not even Oasis. Like, it had all kinds of bands that you were hearing about at the time. 
And they all released tracks that, like, weren't on their albums at the time. They had an Elvis Presley song, which I thought movies didn't do that because it was super expensive. They use a few old songs, old yeah. love songs. A couple, like, Supremes and, like... I didn't know that version was by Elvis because I've heard the song by Willie Nelson a lot and I never uh-huh. really thought about it until this time. Yeah. That's just what it said on IMDb. Maybe it, it might not have been him, but it, is it, it does sound like him, yeah. I listened to it this time. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Like, at the time the movie was going to come out, they had a music video made for Beck. And the music video was made by Michelle Gondry. Mm-hmm. And it had this really interesting, like, ha- it had interesting ideas the way Michelle Gondry always does interesting ideas. Yeah. So it was like, there was a part where, like, his shadow was, like, walking in front of him and he was being drugged by his shadow instead of, like, yeah, the other way yeah. around. And a bunch of weird stuff. And then clips of the movie and stuff were in it. But mm-hmm. it was like Michelle Gondry, Danny Boyle, Ewan McGregor, like the soundtrack with Beck. Like, yeah. I still like all those things. I don't know if they're, you know, if people feel the same way I do about that. But it was like things that were all relevant at the time in like a cross section. But it was. It, for me, they are still good artists now. Mm-hmm. And I still see good things with all of them. Aaron, how does that Beck song go? It goes... Do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, I don't think you were listening to the song, Aaron. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think that's how it goes at all. Oh, okay. It doesn't. So uh, why don't you give us a rendition? Uh, Angel? No, I'm not going to. I I wanted you to do it, Aaron. That's what the audience wanted. Oh, is that? Is that I, what I took an audience poll and they said more Aaron singing. Okay, they yeah. can come to the Golden China in Ventura, and I'll um I'll do some karaoke some for them. Karaoke. Oh, yeah. that sounds pretty. Good. That sounds pretty delicious, right? Yeah. There. Um, that'll be one of our Patreon uh, exclusives. Uh huh. Sure. Give us fifty thousand dollars. Hear Aaron sing karaoke. <laughs> That'll be the fifty thousand dollar option. Yeah. Or just stalk Aaron until he goes to the Golden Giant. Oh, sure, that too. Uh, Another option. It'll happen eventually. You can find me over at Arsenal Comics and Games. <laughs> we'll just, start from there. Just look in the window. Yeah, we'll start from there, guys. Eventually, you have no choice. So yeah, Angel. I mean, let's let's talk about some more of this uh, Angel stuff. That's pretty good. So like I, I just like yeah, I keep going back. I, I like no, Delroy the, Lindo. Was so. a good, they were a good Love team. Holly Hunter. They were a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh I liked their interactions were really interesting in this movie. Yeah. The way they were going about their plan to try to make these two fall in love definitely kept me really captivated. They're so I just didn't know what to expect. <laughs> Potentially deadly all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot of a lot of guns. A lot of like uh, lying, yeah, <laughs> lying on the ground. Almost get their head run over. The, that yeah. Kind of reminds me of like Heather's or something. Like something that has like death consequences, but mm. is also like it's supposed to be funny. Most making fun of things yeah. and kind of you know. People making fun of each other and stuff, but yeah, especially the scene 
Okay, there are so many parts of this movie that I love that it's hard to even list them all. But having said that, I know that it might not be everybody else's favorite. Um, okay, everybody else, stop listening. No. <laughs> and I should say that I heard that uh, when Joel told my sister that he liked me, that she told him that he had to watch this movie if he was interested in me. Oh, nice. She so gave me a, she like gave a, me a whole list. She, she gave you something to study. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. Study, study I did. <laughs> I don't know how, how accurate that is, but I've heard that story. From my sister before. <laughs> it, just, it speaks volumes that you watch this movie quite often. Yeah. It, it, it is not a lie that this is a movie that Sarah enjoyed. And and, and, and if one had an appreciation for this movie. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. It's got a lot in common with Risk Cutters, which was another choice you, oh. you made. You know, like this whole afterlife love thing. I see some similarities. Poten- potentially kind of thing. I mean, do you feel like those... Have more connecting tissue than just the the general theme. Yeah, wrist cutters um, is another one that I probably liked um, a lot because I loved this movie already when I was younger. But I think wrist cutters is cool on its own too. I think what I like is a story told from a perspective that's not trying to be conformist or traditional. I think I like stories where the characters aren't something like that you would really recognize or I I guess I like something different than the normal like romance or whatever or the normal fantasy movie even. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while I like a normal fantasy movie, but the majority of the time, if I like something, I want it to feel kind of quirky or, I don't know, sarcastic or... I like how challenging this movie is. <laughs> it's a challenging movie. You know what I was thinking when I was watching it this time is that it kind of reminds me of, like you were saying, like anime or like a Korean movie or something where there's all these crazy things happening. Yeah. Yeah, especially that's the actions that that people keep pushing each other to do or are cause and effect wise. Like crazy person comes to the door. I can see that that uh, that manga scene or the anime scene. Like, what do you do? You know, like oh, I just I just happened to notice there was someone in this house, and I I thought I have to I have to come investigate, and I asked my friend, is he a good, is good you know, is he a good person or a bad person? Bark once for good or bad? Oh, he's a dog. Do you think I would talk to a dog? Do you you know like yeah. <laughs> kind of thing? I love that guy. Uh, R.I.P. He, he passed away. Yeah, like eight years ago. Uh, but shaken. Yeah, he was cool. Uh, he also played the wasn't he the principal in uh, Billy Madison? No. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> mixing them up with the different guy. Well, that makes sense to me. Oh, yeah. No, never mind. I could see the, what the guy looks like in my head. It's completely different. It's not that different. Slightly different. But, uh, yeah, the, I mean, Delroy Lindo and, uh, and, uh, Holly Hunter, anime characters, you know, listening them from the rooftop when they're after they're horribly injured, I think. And. <laughs> 
her Sweet. trying to climb on the truck and break through the window and, st- and shoot him while, the- while they're driving. I love that yeah. part when so he's good. like, I've never written a poem in my <laughs> no, life. God. Even though it's so awful, That's... it's like hilarious because if you're the type of person who would never write a poem, you would say that. You would. You know? Mother <laughs> my babies, please. The poem. Or, no, or, or mother my babies, no, please. Yes. I want you to have my, my please babies. Please have my babies. Whatever. Please have the babies the poem. I think she was like, Holly Hunter was into it. Like, like oh my god, I can't believe you wrote this. And then when that line was said, she just it seemed like she just started laughing. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god. <laughs> have my child <laughs> and even Cameron Diaz like her character is like you wrote that stupid poem and I went to see yeah. it's like she loved it the idea that he wrote it for her right. but she still thought it was stupid oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. part of her new eh, she was embarrassed yeah because she was, she really liked it, and she liked him because of it. Yeah, he's too like that. His main problem in the movie is he is too honest. He can't help himself. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> During the bank robbery scene, when he's like begging for the little girl's life. Yeah, yeah. that it's like no, I, of course I wouldn't shoot you. Like. <laughs> Was I supposed to know that? She's crazy. Yeah. Her character is crazy. And it's hard to imagine someone's life long term with another person like that. Ellen Ellen McGregor getting shot after that bank scene is my favorite scene in this movie, by the way. Really? The way that he throws the (laughs) The money money. up in the air (laughs) cinematically is just so amazing. Seeing the money just spill everywhere while he's screaming. (laughs) He gets shot in the leg just like Ian Holm got shot in the leg. Oh, it's Connection. Mm-hmm. Also, my my second Ellen McGregor favorite scene from this movie is how bad he was crying while he was digging his grave. No, I hate that. It breaks the my digging, heart. The digging the grave scene is probably the roughest for me. He's, it sounds like he's really upset. <laughs> I don't he, like it. He, I don't know exactly what happened in this scene, but... I take some pretty sadistic good glee from that, from that cry. If I was crying, if I was in that scene, I'd cry Sorry, just sir. like that. Sorry to interrupt you. Seriously. No, I'm like, I I think that Delroy Lindo's character was playing it way serious. Like, I guess I'm going to have to kill you. And he's also- Which he doesn't necessarily have to do. Right. But I think he, I think they're trying to show you that, that they don't have faith. As characters. They they are not going to go back to heaven. Right. These two right. don't yeah. get together, right? Like, it's all on the line. Yeah. yeah. It's all on the line. They think it's going to be, this is going to be the moment that forces them, like, she has to make a decision at that point, right? So, they're, they're willing to risk it, but at the point where he decides that she's not going to come, he's just like, well, might as well get the money if I'm going to be stuck here. Yeah. But I, I he's think. Being ex- existential. I think it's a little heavy. Oh, it's Because heavy. he's ready to kill him. And Ewan McGregor he's scared. is crying he's so for his scared. life. Yeah. You believe him. That's what I was saying. The acting is so good, good that you believe them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some parts that are silly, but I think that to counterbalance with the other things they have to try to pull off in this movie, that it's really well done. 
Yeah, I I think that is the hardest one to watch. Because you really don't know what the heck the angels are doing anymore. And even after that, you don't know. Sure. But yeah. they they've made you feel nervous about it the entire time. But having seen it as many times as I did when I was younger. Now, if you guys could help me walk, walk me through this real quick. And uh, during the bank robbing scene, yes. mm-hmm. there's a moment where Ellen, Ellen McGregor's character, Robert, uh, perhaps is a bit clairvoyant mm-hmm. and sees Cameron Diaz dying in the back of the uh, car. Yeah. Now, was that was that him just imagining it? And so that's why he got in the way? Or was I... it him... Him seeing the future as, like, this is what's going to happen to her. I don't think he was, like, literally being precog there. I think that it was just his imagination scene. I do think he was. The kiss activated his latent mutant powers? No, he had the ability to see the future before that. He told her that he was having a dream about her before that. Yeah, but they were at a game show. (laughs) The dream is about... The dream is about the angels trying to get them together. And so, uh, the future that he's seeing in that dream is him living through the piercing in his chest. Which happens later. I thought it was just he really liked game shows. No, Joel. He oh. explains that in the movie. Okay. If okay. he were a tribesman in the Kalahari, the location would be different. It's just a cultural perspective. I don't think that. What, that's, <laughs> you know, that's very uh, small-minded for him to assume that they don't have game shows and you know, in this this tribe or whatever. It's it's you know, it's just a real uh, Western way of thinking. No, I don't know. <laughs> so in this this movie has the uh, the pleasure the the joy of uh, Ewan McGregor singing in it. Now he's a good singer. Another thing I like about this is Cameron Diaz sings, and they don't try to you know auto tune. I, I don't think they were doing auto tune back then, but you know they might have like dubbed her over or something like that. That's Cameron Diaz's voice and like. Uh, at the, just to compare it to another movie where she sings in My Best Friend's Wedding, you know, that's like the joke is uh, Julia Roberts is trying to set her up because she can't sing. And uh, the the crowd is into it. And this one, she's she's doing okay, but it's obvious that she isn't very good at it. And I, the movie goes with it. And I think that's really cool rather than trying to seem like, oh, they're too cool singers that are, are very like, this was actually her doing it. So instead of them just uh, voicing over her Making with it some, perfect. With yeah. some other singer. You get some realness in there. Yeah. You let the actress do it, which is admirable in my opinion. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I, I find it a little cringeworthy when Oh yeah, singing. don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> but I um, You know me. I was willing to put up with it because I liked you and McGregor singing. There's, bo- there's boldness uh, in this movie's honesty, and especially that scene. I can agree with Joel on that, but I can also see from Sarah's point of view that it definitely was a bit of a nails on the chalkboard. Yeah. <laughs> you said it was challenging. Do you, do you have like a specific thing you meant by that? Well, I'm just saying it, the narrative of this movie is challenging. Like mm-hmm. in a in a convoluted sense, like a, a thick story. I mean, I mean, it's it's not 
It's not spoon feeding any of it to you. That is true. That this is movie is not spoon fed to you. This is you're just following along for the ride. Yes, you are. But it, there are moments where you're just you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know when these angels are going to go Terminator on you know. Yeah. On uh, our, our our characters. Unlike that story he was writing about the secret love child of Marilyn Monroe and John F. Kennedy. It was not predictable. What, what they say isn't that isn't that a bit every every time he like says it, isn't it? Kind of obvious. Kind of obvious. Yeah, this movie is not Mm-mm. obvious. No, no. Like the the hidden treasure that baby baby Marilyn Monroe was going to find eventually. But but I enjoy the type of journey that this movie this movie takes you on. It's fun. Uh, very beautiful beautiful places like. Uh, I almost felt like Death Valley in some some parts, yeah. perhaps. Scenery's nice, and it's it shot so like I mean, that's it's something you could say about Danny Boyle in general is he knows how to, you know, uh, get the cinematographer to work for him. I assume it's that way, not that uh, that's maybe that's just a uh, auteur theory thing where the director is in charge of everything that's going on. But I, I feel like there's a you know, uh, like a, a very deft hand that is has a certain idea of how he wants things to go and put it on the screen so that his vision comes out the way he sees it. Which brings uh, me to that weird part. The, the only part, as far as I can tell, and as far as you guys probably could see, where they use computer animation just for uh, five seconds, maybe? Yeah. And I've never noticed it before myself until Aaron was like, there's something weird about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. It was very noticeable for me. And it, it, it's like, did they not have a crane They or did they do the shot and it got messed up? Or, you know, it's just this this really like because it's just top down, Del Rolando standing next to a car. You can't see him. You know, he's wearing a, a, a wide brimmed white hat. Or something like that. And a bag that's tied to a piece of rope is getting dragged across or down the road. You don't see where it's getting dragged to. But it is literally just five seconds that they did a computer animation or or whatever on. And it's I, I just can't ha- help but think that Danny Boyle was like, no, I need this shot. It has to be seen from this way. So we're yeah. going to have to, we'll, we'll, somebody whip it out on the computer. Whip it out. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Work in progress. WIP. Uh, whip. I get the feeling like perhaps uh, Danny Boyle was at a bar one day and this guy was just like, yeah, I'm a genius computer animation. <laughs> you know, those Here's my card, ones. man. <laughs> if you ever need help, some complex <laughs> camera angles, perhaps something that cannot be done by man alone. <laughs> but with the help of, you know, 1997 computer technology. Have you ever seen Beyond the Mind's Eye? <laughs> <laughs> I did that. One more man? <laughs> yeah. I know CG. He's like, good, because I've got these guys, I've got these claymation artists, and they're just not doing it for me, so I'm thinking a little computer animation is what we need right here, so. It's like, well, you know, I am pretty busy with my schedule doing this thing called Reboot, but yeah. I'm sure I can uh, <laughs> no. step in there. <laughs> I just signed on for Beast Wars. I oh, don't, uh, no. I'm not sure I've got the time. Oh, no. 
Hey, look, uh, it took me out of the movie for a moment. Only, no. Only but for a moment. Yeah, I, I, just, I just pointed it out because I feel like it is, a, it is like the the sign of the director. Yeah. Not not that it is a mistake in the movie because it's a blink if you miss it. Yep, exactly. And chances are if you didn't see it on a high-definition Blu-ray, if you're watching a VHS or even a, a DVD on a TV, you know, regular-ass TV, it's not something that would stand out. Sure. I noticed it before, but I've but seen it a lot of times. Things. I was listening to the Time Crimes episode today, and you're like, I noticed she was wearing different shoes. It's like, I've never noticed that before. What? Yeah, I'm kind of hyper-observant. But, uh, yeah, I I feel like that that's funny, but I think that they do a lot of it practically in this movie, which I like. Yeah. Kind of tricks of um angles and Yeah. It's more violent than most movies I like too. But I'm willing I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt because I felt like it was well done and for the sake of the humor and the movie it makes sense and like everything turns out alright too, even though you know, I wouldn't want my little <laughs> nephew or something to see something this violent. Of course. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's it's a comedy fantasy for grownups. It's it's not for the the children. It may be for the young at heart, though. No, I don't know. I mean, it's that that was like a Netflix um, category, <laughs> possibly, for the possibly for the young at heart. <laughs> Angels, violence, and young at heart, heart romance. Romance. Yep. Yeah. There you go. You did it, Joel. Mm-hmm. Strong female <laughs> lead character, I guess. I've heard that it. I've heard that it's not a very liked movie by like critics and stuff. No, and it has a thirty four percent on Metacritic. Yeah, six point four on IMDb. See, I I know I it's not right. like a well liked movie, but for me, it was the introduction to a lot of things. I had seen other black comedies before, but never any that like I really liked the characters and the humor and stuff in and. Like, I mean, I don't even think I knew the song Beyond the Sea before this movie. Mm. But I was, like, 16 years old, so a lot of kids that are 16 might not know Beyond the Sea. It's an older song, you know. None this American Idol generation. We know all songs now, all the time. Since then, there were movies made about that guy who did the song Beyond the Sea and everything. Weird Al Yankovic. I just, um... <laughs> Yeah, but it was the introduction to some cool style choices, and um, yeah. and just Holly Hunter and Delroy Lindo, man. I feel like they're even better than Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz in some ways Certainly. in this movie. Certainly. I like the dynamic between Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz, but I, I really like the dynamic between Holly Hunter. Oh, yeah. Holly Hunter and Delroy Lindo, yeah. I uh, want a, just a movie of just them. I go on a limb and say this movie would be subpar without them. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah. I, think, I think it's this balance between between them, they who are so confident in making sure, their their actions are so confident in making sure that these two fall in love, and then the, the, the counterbalance is these two don't know what the hell they were doing. No. Uh, one's just trying to get, you know, but obviously the idea is they're trying to get out of whatever situation they're in. Uh, yeah. Originally. It's kind of, it's a fun balance. It's a fun balance seeing these two couples kind of doing their thing. 
I think it's also kind of uh, silly that they're supposed to be angels and they are doing all this horrible stuff and that these he's supposed to be a kidnapper and that they're kind of the more innocent ones in the situation. <laughs> Seriously. You and McGregor and Cameron. Oh Diaz. yeah, definitely. Um well, I mean these these angels are master manipulators, right? They're they're working to get them together. They this is all part of their devious plan to not be uh out, <laughs> outcast earth. It kind of reminds me of raising Arizona. Because I think Holly Hunter and Nicolas Cage in that movie, and even, like, John Goodman and stuff, like, there's some really crazy stuff that happens in that movie. But, I mean, that's like a Coen Brothers take on, I don't know. It's I, got the, it's got, like, similar stakes to this movie, too. Yeah. The like, pacing, I feel, is very similar in that, that, that fast-paced action Kind of way. It feels like gigantic in context of the movie, but really it's just about these people getting together and trying to make it work. Right. Or whatever. And the universe getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it's so awesome that she's like the tough one. Yeah, and I think it's cool too. We've been getting to see a lot of Delroy Lindo on The Good Fight. And He's so good. We love it. Nice. We love it I, I so feel much. bad talking about... Delroy Lindo, like, usually when I talk in context of the good fight, I'm usually talking about how much I love Delroy Lindo, and it's like, it's kind of a woman-driven show, Joel. Like, yeah, but Delroy Lindo's so good. He is, too. Yeah, yeah they're is. all good. I mean, yeah. I was gonna say that the good fight should be called, uh, Diane's Descent into Madness. Oh, this season. <laughs> season This season, two. there's no stopping her. <laughs> yeah. It's called Luca Quinn and Her Relationships, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway. Anybody else want to say anything else about the movie? There's a lot of really interesting things that they do with sets. They choose a lot of strange locations, like run-down abandoned buildings and stuff, or like you were saying, the middle of the desert, the middle of the woods. This is one that I'll probably visit again. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm really happy I got to see it tonight. Maybe maybe this one I'll definitely bring up with uh, Kiamba. See if it's something she might like to watch. If she hasn't already seen it. Um, I'll definitely try to hunt down a copy of the uh, multi-pattern t-shirt or shirt that Ian McGregor's wearing in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bomb. Bomb.com. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. Oh, the first one, man. Uh, not the one with the trucks on it? Oh, man. Well, no. that one's pretty good, too, but yeah. I, li- I like long sleeve uh, more than short sleeve shirts. I too. see. Nerd. I want his entire outfit yeah. from this movie. Same. Gotta find myself a pair of uh-huh. locks now. Mm. <laughs> they sell them at Payless now. Sick. Sick. Oh, my gosh. No, Get myself a, a nice pair of Oasis uh, uh, <laughs> 90s airwalks. I'm sure they're they're very affordable. 90s airwalks. One of my friends had patent leather, sparkly, burgundy airwalks. Whoa. And they were awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I had a pair of the the, 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 the the shoes featured in this movie, but the black ones as opposed to the olive-ish yeah. color ones in this movie. Yeah. At the time of this movie, like maybe 96, I had a pair of black ones a year before. How about you, Joel? Airwalks? No. Nikes? No. Nothing like that. Oh, yeah? What, what do you wear? 
None of your business. What did you wear in 1996, Joel? Uh, shoes. Timberlakes? In 1996, I was wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah? Did you wear sandals? No. I did not wear sandals. O- open toe shoes? No. So I'm going to read the actual <laughs> stuff, Birkin and you guys stars. think of a lesson you learned from a life less ordinary, okay? okay. <laughs> I'm tired of your... Was it a Shankla? I'm tired of your... Parachas. Yeah, did you wear some arachas? I don't know what you guys are saying anymore. <laughs> Flip-flop. Hey, listener, if you want to hear these guys shut up, <laughs> write into please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pdsmios. If you are a listener on iTunes, we'd appreciate it, or uh, Apple Podcast, rather. We'd appreciate it if you left us a rating or a star rating or a written rating. Any of that stuff will do. Please give it a chance to make it up those charts. We want to be number one. I don't know what that means. If you uh, have a few bucks, you can send it our way at our Ko-Fi site at ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. And we're also on Venmo because somebody said, I want to send you some money on Venmo. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. But we are on that. And our handle is at pdsmios if you want to send some money that way. Either way, thanks in advance. Check out the other podcasts on our podcast network here at eartrumpetaudio.com. We've got all kinds of great shows like Can We Cult, where they talk about different cults and different books about cults and movies about cults. And they're, they're two ladies that are, are just absolutely charming. Rec- I highly recommend them. And by the pod, uh, once again, by the podcast, Grayskull, the E-Man podcast, where they're going episode by episode. Is just super entertaining, and they they do a lot of producing on it. So you know, it's got sound effects, it's got music clips. Oh, it's it's just a lot of fun. They were talking about what were they talking about? Bye 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 bye. The podcast at Gray School. And as a Mattel toy tester kid, I better I best be listening to that podcast. The She Demon of Phantos, where a woman from a different planet is trying to sell them weapons made out of this special metal, mm. and then she gets kidnapped by Skeletor and their mind taken over and they sell them crappy weapons instead. <laughs> what a plan. Hey, um, you know what? She-Ra was an amazing show. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But, but I used to about, watch We're talking about She-Man, He-Man here. Well, He-Man's pretty <laughs> cool too. I showed my nephew the first episode of He-Man the other day and he was like, I have the power! And I was like, yes. He definitely has the power. Pet Cemetery just released an episode uh, on the movie Andre, that movie about a seal that is very lovable. Have you guys seen Andre? No, sir. It's a 90s movie. Come on. Come on! Anyways, it's really... Uh, Winnie Mace does a really entertaining show. All that stuff is available on eartrumpetaudio.com. All right. Aaron, what did you learn from A Life Less Ordinary? The story of a young man with a dream. A dream of not being replaced by robots. How how poignant that I, I more and more this this becomes a thing. People being replaced by robots. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump's trying to put a stop to that, though, Aaron. Oh yeah. He's gonna get those jobs back. Cool. That's cool, Joel. <laughs> 
real cool. He said so, okay? It's right. not my, I'm not making things up. He said it. Dude, is this something you wrote on Twitter? Uh, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Hey, man. Lessons I learned from this movie. I think I learned that uh, life is chaos. There's a lot of crazy things going on. Mm. Sometimes you just got to try to find meaning in uh, shoot, shooting somebody in the leg or something. You know? You just gotta go with the flow sometimes. Yeah. Gotta write Even letters. And c- c- crazy. Sometimes you just gotta write a letter, a letter in Cameron Diaz's blood. We need to talk about these things that you're you're thinking about off air. It's it's very concerning for me. <laughs> Fair enough. And it's not like that was a scene in the movie here. He's just coming up with this on his own, <laughs> listeners. S- send us money so we can send him to a nice hospital. Sarah, do you have a lesson? <laughs> Um, my lesson from this movie is that things were better in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. There were cuter kidnappers and hitchhikers and gas station attendants. Oh, Timothy Olyphant. And, uh, gas was a $1.49 gallon. Whoa. My lesson is, what are you talking about? Hmm? Look at yourself. You're nothing. You're nobody. You want a connection with a violent crime. You're cleaning the floor of a diner. She's an intelligent, passionate, beautiful, rich woman. The issue of whether or not she's your type is not one that you're likely to have to resolve in this world, or indeed the next, since she will be going to some heaven for glamorous... And you will be cleaning the floor of a diner in hell. My lesson is that Tony Shaloub is a very wise man, and you should listen to his advice. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good monk. And, and um... Shut up! <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, yeah. Thank you. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good there. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I promise we'll replace Aaron with a robot. Yay! EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.